Welcome to the Stunt Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Leo Rizamik. It is my turn in the rotation this week, and I would like to talk about what's coming up in a couple days. Shavuos is almost here, the holiday where Bnei Yisrael accept the Torah from Hashem. Or really, I guess the Aserat Hadzibrod is more correct, but either way, Torah all around, and I thought it would be a very nice way to go into the Yantif with some Divrei Torah. Since we stay up all night and we talk about it all during the day, what if you don't have a Dvar Torah? Well, fear not, because I will be bringing you six Divrei Torah from various individuals whom I have met. I like them. I hope you like them. But to start off, this, I guess, will be number seven, even though it's really number one. I would like to share some words of Torah before we start off. Just some things I've put together. Um, I first heard the question from Rabbi Beshevkin of why we stay up all night learning Torah. We could probably learn other times, and I can tell you that I'm probably more awake and better focused on learning at other times. However, it has been a custom for many, many, many years to stay up all night learning Torah the night before Shavuos. Why is that? Rav Tzvi Berkowitz answers that when you are in a loving relationship with somebody or something, as B'nai Yisrael were with Hashem, you are willing to do crazy things for that relationship and for the other person in that relationship. Furthermore, Rav Yamer from Yeshivat Shalavim says that B'nai Yisrael were emotionally connected to Hashem from the moment he spoke the Aserat HaDzibrod to them. And even though they were scared, Hashem chose to give them the Aserat HaDzibrod this way, rather than in private with Moshe, and Moshe would tell them on later on, so that he could build this close relationship with B'nai Yisrael. Rav Soloveitchik says that Matan Torah, at Matan Torah, B'nai Yisrael began to feel Hashem Shechina. Rav Yamir points out that if you can't feel the Shechina of Hashem in your heart, then you won't come to make decisions based on what Hashem wants. This connects what Rabbi Veshevkin, Svi Berkowitz, they all say, because Hashem wants us to be learning Torah. And since we are in a loving relationship and a close relationship with Hashem, we make crazy decisions. And we will stay up all night to learn Torah if that's how we can get closer to Hashem. Because we want to do that for Him and we want to do that in our relationship with Hashem. I hope that these Divrei Torah prepare you for Shavuos, and here we go with the first one. Rabbi Yaakov Trump will be giving this Svar Torah, the assistant rabbi of young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst. He has a pretty rockin' Shavuos program, from what I've heard, so if you are in the area, you should definitely check that out. Here he is, Rabbi Yaakov Trump. Shalom and welcome to this Torah Thought in preparation for Shavuos 5775. This is Rabbi Yaakov Trump speaking. We live in an age of information. Let the facts speak for themselves. We quantify every statistic. There is a 5% chance of rainfall. There is an average 7.5 increase in the market on an annual basis. There is a 95% recovery rate. Yet the Torah system operates a little differently. The facts don't necessarily speak for themselves. The facts need to go in tandem with the experience. 
How so? The Raman explains in Hilchos Yesorei HaTorah, Perikhes, why it is that we have such a firm belief in the prophecy of Moshe, that no matter who comes after him, no matter how powerful, no matter how magical anybody else will be, that we firmly believe in the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu and the giving of the Torah that he, that he presented those 3,300 years ago. He explains that the very simple difference between Moshe and any other prophet is that we weren't impressed by Moshe. We weren't persuaded by Moshe based on the fact that he showed us magic, that he showed us powerful signs. We believe in Moshe for the very simple reason. We experienced the same thing that he did. We sat there at the bottom of Matan of Har Sinai. We, we watched, we witnessed, and we experienced Matan Torah. All of the Jewish people saw, heard, and experienced Matan Torah to the point that the Medrash describes that we in fact separated from our souls. Our bodies and our souls separated in the power of that moment. And we said at that moment to Hashem, give over the rest to Moshe. We can't handle this. But it was because we experienced it. It was because we saw that Moshe experienced it. And as the Ramam says, in explaining the Pasuk, And also in you, Moses, they will believe forever. Because it was at that point where we experienced it and we saw it. And we saw Moshe also experience it. And we understood. We understood as witnesses that in fact everything he said was true. Because it was us there too. And that's why any other prophet who may say something in contrary to the prophecy of Moshe, in contrary to the five books of the Torah, we know to be incorrect, says the Rambam. Not because we believe, but because we experienced. Because that information was real to us. What we celebrate on Shavuos is not simply the fact that we got a memo in the email, and by the way, these these are the Ten Commandments, and here they are in bullet form with, with footnotes. What we celebrate on Shavuos is the experience of Matan Torah. The fact that it was real. The fact that this was the only national revelation of any religion that has ever existed. You know, information is very complicated. If you only have the facts, facts themselves sometimes don't speak for themselves. In a recent article in the New Yorker, there was a very fascinating description about a Wikipedia entry. There was a Wikipedia entry um, which was entered in 2008 by a young man called Dylan Breves, 17-year-old student from New York City. And he entered, made an entry um, under, the, under the title Coyote. And he pointed out that it is also known as a Brazilian aardvark. Why? Because he happened to be on a trip recently in Brazil and his brother thought that a coyote looked like an aardvark. And so he added it in. And in, as in the case with many of these crowdsourced websites, he expected that this, this joke would be corrected by somebody. But just a few years later, he searched, and he found that, in fact, hundreds of websites were quoting this, to the extent that this, this quotation of the Brazilian aardvark was, appear, appeared in the Independent Daily Mail, and, in fact, in a book published by the University of Chicago. It reached the point that, in fact, other Wikipedia articles were sourcing those external links the Independent and the University of Chicago book, as sources for the fact that the coyote was the Brazilian aardvark. Because if you only play with facts, if you don't have necessarily the trajectory, where they come from, the relevance of the experience of those facts, somehow something can very easily be lost. In fact, this is what we say when we, uh, the Chazal say the statement, Kola Omer Dovar B'Shem Omra Mevi Geula L'Olam. 
that you, when you say something in the name of the person who said it, you bring redemption to the world. It explains the Maharal. The Maharal understands that the reason why you bring redemption to, into the world is because, Ku'ula, real redemption, is coming down to the foundation, to the essence of an, of an, of, of an idea. When you uncover it and you show that it's not simply a fact in a vacuum, but rather it is connected to its original source, that's one step closer to the innermost point, and that's redemption. What we celebrate on Shavuos is not the receiving of a lot of facts. What we celebrate on Shavuos is not simply statistics, not simply a system of information. What we celebrate on Shavuos is the experience. The experience of coming one step closer to real truth. A truth which we, in our composite parts, all our different neshamas, all our different parts of our soul, were present at. And it is that which we celebrate. The real expression of Matan Torah and true truth. Facts and experience together. Wishing you a meaningful and uplifting Shavuot. We now have a Devar Torah in Hebrew coming from Mora Deganit Ronen, the Associate Principal of Judaic Studies in the Middle School at SAR Academy. I hope you like it as much as I did. Here it goes. Bechaga Shavuot, Anachno Korimat Megilat Rut. Bemegilat Rut, Nilmadim Nusim Rabim Shel Chesed, Beshel Ezrala Zulat. Toch Kedei Sipurd Vekuta Shel Rut Beneomi, Behama Ubeelokea. מעשים האמורים לשמש לנו דוגמה ומופת. נעמי ורות עזבו את מואב, והן חוזרות לבית לחם, כשהן חסרות כל. רות מלקטת שיבולים בשדה, שיבולים שנפלו מיד הקוצרים כמתנות עניים. כאשר חוזרת רות הביתה אל נעמי, לאחר יום העבודה הראשון, מתברר כי במקרה, השדה שאליו הגיע שייך לבועז, קרוב משפחתו של אלימלך. כמו שכתוב במגילה, ויקר מקרה חלקת השדה לבועז אשר ממשפחת אלימלך. בואו נתעכב במילה ויקר מקרה. האם מדובר כאן במקריות עיוורת? יש קשר בין השורש קרה, קר"ה, מקרה, לשורש קרה קר"א, העוסק בכל הקורות והמאורעות. צורת הביטוי של שני השורשים דומה מאוד, אך משמעותם שונה והפוכה לגמרי. כאשר הכתוב מעיד על רות, ויקר מקרה, כוונתו לומר שהתרחש כאן אירוע. רות אולי חושבת שזו מקריות עיוורת, אבל באמת מדובר בתוכנית אלוקית מסודרת, בשליחותו המכוונת של הקדוש ברוך הוא, לפי הרב הירש. כאן אנו נוגעים ברובד העמוק יותר של מגילת רות, בתוכנית האלוקית שמאחורי סיפור המגילה. מגילת רות עוסקת בהקמת בית המלוכה של עם ישראל, שממנה יעמדו אחר כך דורות של מלכים, וראשון להם הוא דוד המלך. כך במסגרת תוכנית אלוקית מופלאה זו, ויקר מקרה, הקדוש ברוך הוא מתכנן שהדברים יקרו, 
אף על פי שלבועז ולרות נראים הדברים כאילו זו מקריות עיוורת. הרב הירש ממשיך לנתח את המילה מקרה, תוך שהוא מבדיל בין מקריות עיוורת לבין קרות הדברים באופן המתוכנן, והוא מביא דוגמאות נוספות. למשל, בסיפור של ערי מקלט. ערי המקלט הן, הם המקומות בהם ההורג בשגגה יכול למצוא מקלט מפני גואל אדם, משפחתו של ההרוג. כתוב בפסוק, דבר אל בני ישראל ואמרת אליהם, כי אתם עוברים את הירדן ארצה כנען, והקריתם לכם ערים, ערי מקלט תהיינה לכם, ונס שם הרוצח מכה נפש בשגגה. כשתיכנסו לארץ, חובה עליכם להקים ערי מקלט, וכך אם אדם הורג בשגגה, הוא יוכל למצוא עיר מקלט בקרבת מקום. העובדה שההורג בשגגה מוצא עיר מקלט קרובה, היא מקרית מבחינתו, אך מצד האמת, היה מי שתכנן וארגן את הדברים, כדי שהם יקרו. הקדוש ברוך הוא תכנן שכך יקרה הדבר. ולכן גם כאן הביטוי והקריתם לכם איננו במשמעות של מקרה עיוור. כך הדבר כאשר אליעזר עבד אברהם מחפש את הזיווג הראוי ליצחק. הוא מתפלל ואומר, ויאמר השם אלוקי אדוני אברהם, הקרן נא לפני היום, ועשה חסד עם אדוני אברהם, ועזור לי למצוא את הנערה הראויה. אולי מבחינתה של רבקה, המפגש עם אליעזר, עבד אברהם, נראה במקרה. אך אין ספק שאליעזר אינו מתפלל למקריות עיוורת, אלא מבקש מן הקדוש ברוך הוא המתכנן שהדברים אכן יקרו. הקרנה לפני היום, ריבונו של עולם, אנא נהל אתה את הדברים כדי שהם יקרו כראוי. כך גם מה שקרה לרות עם בועז לא היה במקרה. למדנו כאן פרק בהשגחתו של הקדוש ברוך הוא את עולמו, ובדרכים המקריות לכאורה, בהן הוא מנהל את קורות ודברי מעולם. שתהיה לכולם שבת שלום וחג שבועות שמח. Amen, 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 amen.
from Jonah Musket-Brown from Canada. Jonah is a registered social worker drawing inspiration from both Jewish thinkers and professional theory. He is passionate about building bridges and breaking down existing barriers between others and constantly seeking the holiness embedded within each individual. I hope you like it. The sages teach us that the holiday of Shavuos is about unity, unity amongst Klal Yisrael when we prepare to receive the Torah. I want to understand in this Torah a little bit about how we can achieve that unity and perhaps what the essence of Shavuos actually represents. Let's go back to Parshish Vayitzay where Yaakov marries Rochel and Leah. 
The Zayar teaches us that Rachel represents Amatiskala, which means that Rachel represented the beauty that was revealed externally. We know that Rachel was a very beautiful woman and Yaakov was attracted to Rachel at the moment that he saw her. Leah, however, represents Amitskaya, which means that she represented concealed beauty. The sages teach us that Leah was the Bauchuva, who was beautiful, but you didn't necessarily see that beauty right away. You had to look a little bit beneath the surface to find the beauty within Leah. Yaakov marries Rachel and Leah at night. He sees that Rachel has this shimmering light about her that needs to be ignited, so he is attracted to that spiritual manifestation of godliness that is evident right away. But Yaakov also marries Leah. He learns to find the beauty within everything, to look a little bit beneath the surface, to find beauty in something that he normally wouldn't have found beauty in the first time. And we know that he marries both. He marries Rojo and he marries Leah, because in life we need both external beauty and internal beauty. Rojo gives birth to Yosef. We know that Mashiach ben Yosef is the in, immediate redeemer of each of us. That there are moments in life where we each find connectedness to Hashem and we each feel that Hashem personally redeems us and personally helps us get through whatever challenges we are facing. However, we also have Mishriach Mendovin, one of Leah's great-great-grandchildren, was Dovin Amelch, and we know that Mishriach Mendovin is a collective redeemer who brings a gula for all of Kleisrael. And perhaps this is what Shavuos is, that the sages teach us that Shavuos is likened to a, a wedding. A chasana between Hashem and the Jewish people. If you look at the way that a chasana happens, the chasana, the groom, and the kala, the bride, each come to the chuppah as individuals. They come with their own Mashiach ben Yosef. And after they finish the whole chasana ceremony, they leave the chuppah as one unified being, as a husband and wife who has united to form a sacred marriage. And this is how we get from Pesach to Shavos. We have Pesach, which is an individual experience in the, in the sense that we each leave our own Mitzrayim. The Haggadah, the Torah, tells us that we have to each personally see ourselves as if we each as if we each left Mitzrayim. Whereas by Matantaira, when we received the Taira, Chazal tell us that we received it, that we received it like one person with one heart.
We didn't receive it individually. We received it together collectively. So that's the whole point of the Amen, where we work on ourselves to find beauty, to find godliness, to find Kedusha, holiness in everything and everyone who perhaps doesn't dress like us, perhaps doesn't look like us, perhaps doesn't do or act in the same way that we do. And if we take the Aymer seriously, if we take Sviyas Aymer seriously, we can come to Shvils and be prepared, be ready to unite as one people to come from Mashiach Ben Yosef to Mashiach Ben Dovin. May it happen. Amen. This Svar Torah comes from a friend of mine named Jonas Stromer, who is in the post-Pesach program at Yeshiva University after spending two years at Mivaseret and will be a madrich on NCSY built this coming summer. Don't think it's his first summer. To me, Jonas always had this vibe about him that just seems like he would give a good Svar Torah, as I believe he did in this one. Shalom Aleichem, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Yona Michal Stromer. I am from Teaneck, New Jersey, and I'm currently in YU. And I'd like to share a thought that I heard from my Rebbe, Yosef Gabriel Bechhofer. Um, he presented to me an interesting uh, interesting thing that uh, Rebbe Sol Salanter says. Um, Rebbe Sol Salanter, the father of the Muslim movement, said that Shavuos interestingly enough, is not a happy day on the calendar. Why is it not a happy day on the calendar? Zmamatan Torsenu, he explains, is a day that we should be upset about. Because when we got the Torah, along with it came a lot of obligations and a lot of mitzvos and things that we can't do. If you look at how many mitzvos we have, we have more lotases, than Asseis. We're a very restrictive religion in a lot of senses. And it's a very troubling thing. In fact, he goes uh, as far as to say that, in fact, to be happy on on uh, Shavuos is a chok. It's not a mitzvah. I mean, it is a mitzvah, but it's a chok. We don't understand why. Um, and he bases this on the fact that there's a Semichas Parshios in Parshas for A of Shemarta of Asisa as Chukim Ha'ila. And that's right near. Yeah, the mitzvah, uh, the, the mitzvah of So we have this question. Now, more about myself, because I'm a Lagaiva. Um, I wrestled in high school. I plan on wrestling for the Maccabees when I, uh, when I enter my first full semester next year. Um, and people ask me, how did I get into wrestling? And it's a, it's, an, it's a fair question. I didn't really get into wrestling for, because I love the sport, because I was a chubby kid in high school, and I wanted to get in shape. And a large part of wrestling, you know, is miserable. You know, there's the cutting weight, there's not being able to eat food all the time, there's missing out on the social life, there's, besides for a dual curriculum in, in MTA, I also had to add on this layer of hours and hours of practice a week. It's not a fun thing. But the wrestling itself became the reward because I came away with this incredible experience, something that shaped me at who I am today as far as my ability to be disciplined, as far as my ability to stay in shape, take care of myself, all this stuff. And it came along with a lot of good stories, but that's a separate point. Rousseau Vejic once uh, was giving a sheer 
and he explained to the people in the Shir that Judaism is not a religion that wants to make us happy. It doesn't have our happiness in mind, necessarily. He explains that Judaism, these are his, this is, these are his words, Judaism wants us to become heroes. It's interested in us becoming heroic people. And that's really the underlying message, or really the response to Rizal Salantra's question. Um, this man, well, in theory, is unhappy because all of a sudden we have all these restrictions on us. But these restrictions bring us to a higher level. We become a much greater people because of how we restrict ourselves. Because of all the mitzvahs that we have that dictate what we do day in and day out, what we don't do day in and day out, are all designed to make us into a more refined people. And if you know your, you know, Der Hashem 101, essentially, that struggle essentially becomes its own reward. That while we may not become, ha become happy in the immediate pleasure, in the self-serving and hedonistic sense, we'll certainly become happy in the, uh, in the, in the character-building sense, you know, as Calvin's father from Calvin and Hobbes, another, you know, beautiful piece of work, Calvin's father used to say, it builds character. And that was his reason for making Calvin do all the things that he didn't want to do. That's the reason that Karish Baruch makes us do all these things that we want to do. And in the coming days, Karish Baruch wants you to be happy and to build yourself through his Torah and through his mitzvahs. We should all be zoha to see that growth, to see that character development happen. And hopefully in doing these mitzvahs, as most mitzvahs are zoha, we'll be able to see Mashiach come to Herobimim because every single Tzvar Torah should be able to end that way. So I leave you with a Chag Sameach, a life of learning Torah Sameach, and have a great job. Thanks so much.
This Dvar Torah hails all the way from Eretz Yisrael, from Rabbi Gershon Turetsky, the Rosh Beit Midrash, and my rabbi from Shalvim for Women. He's one of my favorite rabbis I had there. I hope you like him as much as I did. As we all know, on Shavuot, we commemorate and celebrate Kabbalat Torah, primarily through learning Torah. Today I'd like to speak about not the Torah itself, but rather an aspect of Kabbalat Torah, one aspect of Moshe's experience up on Har Sinai that will hopefully not only shed some light on what occurred on Har Sinai, but will also give us a greater appreciation of our own Torah learning experience. The Medrash tells us in Shmos Rabbah Parsha Mem Aleph, Amar Rabbi Abahu, Kol Arba'im Yom She'asa Moshe Lamala, all 40 days that Moshe was up on Har Sinai, Hayala made Torah V'Shocheach. He would learn Torah and then forget it. Amarlo, Ribon HaOlam, he said, Hashem, Yeshli Arba Im Yom, I've been up here for 40 days, Ve'eni Yodea Davar, and I don't know anything. Ma'asa Kadosh Baruch Hu, what did God do? Mishihishlim Arba Im Yom, once those 40 days ended, Natan Lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Eta Torah Matana. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him the Torah, as a present. Shene Amar, as the Pasuk says, Vayitain el Moshe, God gave to Moshe. Sounds like a rather depressing experience for Moshe Rabbeinu. There must be something deeper going on here. There must be an important idea that we are missing. The Shem Shmuel is bothered by two issues with the above Medrash. Firstly, the implication of this Medrash is that the 40-day period that Moshe spent on Harsinai was, in essence, a waste of time. As much as Moshe tried, he was unable to retain what he learned. Now, if that's the case, the obvious question is, why then would Hashem want Moshe up on the mountain learning? What was he accomplishing during that 40-day period? One day would have sufficed. Furthermore, if in fact Moshe did not acquire his Torah knowledge till the end of that time on our Sinai, why is it always assumed that Moshe acquired the Torah over the entire 40-day period? It didn't take 40 days. Sounds like it took a minute. Shemishmuel answers that even though Moshe did not remember anything he learned, his learning experience made an indelible impression on him. By the time the 40th day came around, all of these impressions, all of his learning, enabled him to receive the Torah from Hashem as a present, to the extent that he would never forget it again. Had it not been for that 40-day learning experience up on our Sinai, Moshe never would have been able to receive the Torah from Hashem. The experience of learning, even though he didn't remember anything, prepared him to be able to receive the Torah as a gift. This is an important lesson for everybody. We must remember that even though we learn and forget, even though despite our learning and growth, we may not accomplish as much as we think we can and should, one should never assume that his efforts put forth have been for naught. Each and every spiritual activity that we engage in, especially Torah learning, leaves an impression that allows us to become better suited in the future for heightened level of spirituality and greater Torah accomplishments. On the holiday of Shavuot, in addition to appreciating the knowledge and details of the Torah, we celebrate a Torah that can and does enhance our lives beyond what we can quantify. When we choose to expose ourselves to the Torah, we should appreciate that, if, that it can have a significant transformative effect in our lives. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why Birchata Torah begins with the bracha of Baruch Hata Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kiddishanu B'mitzvotah B'tzivanu La'asok B'divrei Torah. Thank you, Karsh Baruch Hu, for commanding me to toil in Torah learning. To toil in Torah learning. Not to acquire knowledge, not to know everything, but rather to engage in the process of learning Torah, which essentially prepares us to be better Jews. 
Wishing you all a Chag Sameach.
Who better to share some words of Torah for this upcoming holiday than the Nachum Siegel Network's own Rabbi Goldwasser, who has been bringing Chizuk to Jaim and the Aim listeners for as long as I can remember. I couldn't think of anybody better to ask to give us some Chizuk for Shavuos. Here he is, Rabbi David Goldwasser. We find a fascinating Mishnah in Perkei Avos. The Mishnah is in the sixth parak, and it's the second Mishnah. Omar Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, B'chol yom v'yom, every day, Basko yotzeis mehar charev, there is a special Basko, a heavenly voice, that emanates from har charev. Umachreses v'omeres, it proclaims and it says, Oilohem labriois, me'albona shel Torah, woe to them, the people, because of their insult to the Torah. Rav Nisim Yagen asks an interesting question. Why is there a need for a baskol to go out every day? Wouldn't it be enough once a year? Moreover, if we would hear the baskol, it would be great, but we don't hear it at all. The Talmud relates an interesting story in Masech Tainus. Rabbi Yochanan and Ilfa were both learning Torah with great diligence. However, when they reached the state of dire impoverishment, they decided to stop learning and become involved in business and worldly matters. One day, as they were sitting, eating their meal under a shaky wall, Rabbi Yochanan overheard a discussion between two malachim, the angels. One malach said, Let us throw this wall upon these people and kill them, because they abandoned their pursuit of Olam and became involved with Olam with this world. The other Malach replied, Leave them alone, because one will grow great, and it's not yet his time to leave this world. Rabbi Yochanan then asked Ilfa, Did you hear anything? Ilfa replied that he had not. Rabbi Yochanan then understood that if he heard it, and not his friend, then it was obviously intended for him. Rabbi Yochanan then returned to the base Medrash. He continued to learn until he grew to become a Godel Yisrael. The Baskol emanates from Harcharev. It's like the discussion of the Malachim that was overheard by Rabbi Yochanan. It comes to inspire us, but we need to listen. We can explain the Mishnah. Oy lohem labrios, woe to the creations. If you see a person... Sha'oilo, that he's distressed. 
He's beset by challenges. You should know that it's because of the Albana Shel Torah, some neglect of Torah itself. Every moment that one is involved in the mitzvah of Torah learning, it's priceless. The great Rabbi Naftali Trapp, the famed student of the Chavetz Chaim, supervised the students of the Yeshiva of Radin and was known for his extreme righteousness. Unfortunately, he became deathly ill and some of the Bokram of the Yeshiva initiated a campaign to gather contributions of Torah learning from each student for the schus, the merit of a Rafua Shalema for the great Rosh Yeshiva. The group went from student to student. One gave a month, one gave a week, one gave a day. Each student contributed a different amount of time for the schus of prolonging the life of Rav Naftali Trapp. One of the organizers of the campaign suggested that they approach the venerable sage, the Chavetz Chaim. They wanted to ask him to contribute some of his time. Although the Chavetz Chaim had a kind and gentle nature, people were in great awe of him. The Bochrim were apprehensive about presenting the idea. Finally, one student mustered up the courage and entered the room where the sainted Chavetz Chaim was learning. They told him about the program and they asked him if he would participate and contribute some of his time. The Chavetz Chaim closed his eyes, deep in thought for one moment. When he opened his eyes, he said, I am willing to give one minute of my time. When the word got out of the Chavetz Chaim's answer, the learning and dedication to Torah surged and got even stronger. Such is the value of every moment of learning. Well, if you don't feel a Shavuos spirit yet, I don't know what to tell you. I would like to close by thanking all the Rebbeim teachers and friends of mine who helped out and helped me in putting this show together. Also... Since Shavuos is coming, the holiday of cheesecake, if you would like to order a cheesecake from Instabake, my baking business, you can email leora.insta.bake at gmail.com, L-E-O-R-A dot I-N-S-T-A dot B-A-K-E at gmail.com for more information. I promise you they're good, even though they're parv, they have Oreos in them, which, what could be bad about Oreos, right? Well, I hope this helped you prepare for Shavuos as it did for me. And I hope that now you can go into Shavuos with a bit of Torah. Since Shabbos does come first, you can share these different Torah at your Shabbos table. You can teach them to people overnight or you can talk about them while you're half asleep the next day. Um, I hope you enjoyed if you have any questions or comments or would like to get in touch with any of the people who gave Divrei Torah for more information, you can email me, Leora, at NahumSiegel.com. That's L-E-O-R-A at N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. And a Chag Shavuot Sameach to all.
לכל זמן, לכל זמן בעת, לכל זמן, לכל זמן בעת, את לאהוב, את לשנוא, את מלחמה, ויהיה את שלום. לכל זמן, Let's go.